Like when we were when we were putting bumpers in live. Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that says, hey, I'm the swing boat. I have all the power. What? I'm going home. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared. Jared, I don't think my bits land as hard when you're not in the room with me. Yeah, I mean, uh, that one, you know what, Steven, I wasn't going to bring it up because we all have uh, different days. That one, a little on the nose. Well, yes, indeed. (laughs) But you're right. This this is harder remotely. Um, Steven was recently exposed to the Rona, unless you didn't want me to say that. No, it's fine. I don't have it as of right now. I'm just, just exposed, and there's a lot of traveling going on, and I... Yeah. I just want people to be safe. I offered to come over and lick your face right now, but you said that... no. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with how much confidence you said that with. Good. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm... What's, what's new? Yeah, what is new? Um, oh, I think I'm finally getting old. Uh, so a mutual friend of ours was in town yesterday. I don't know if he mentioned to you that he was in town because um, he knew you had a rehearsal. But Wait, uh, who, who is this? Jordan, friend of the show. Jordan actually hasn't been a guest yet, so we can't say friend of the show yet. Yeah, he doesn't count as a friend of show. Oh, I don't know. Jordan never tells me when he's in town. He's really bad about it, and sometimes listens to us. So if you, Jordan, if you're hearing this, I'm sorry. You're really bad about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but invited me out for Musical Mondays, which is a event on Mondays. By the uh, you know, you can kind of figure that by the name. Shocking. Um, at, at a bar. <laughs> At a bar here in Chicago, I can't remember which one. They're not a sponsor anyway, so I guess I'm not going to plug them because I can't <laughs> remember their actual name. And um, it's not Roscoe's. It's going to bug me. I'll think of it like halfway through the episode. Yes, I, I don't remember the name of the bar, but anyway, um, he didn't know what time we were going to be going out. It was going to be like after a dinner, and I was waiting for a text, and I didn't get it till 9 p.m., and it takes about half an hour to get there. And I was like, it's a Monday. I do not want to go out to a bar and meet a bunch of people I don't know. Jordan's the only person there that I knew on a Monday. (laughs) And then I was like, Oh fuck. That's what old people do. Like I had an opportunity to go out and have fun. And I chose to stay in and play video games. Oh God. But it feels so good, Jared, when you're canceling on plans to do nothing is so nice. Sometimes this, it gave me weird anxiety this time, but Mm. I I think part of it was I knew I would have fun when I was there. Like if I could walk out my front door and have been in the bar, great. But imagining waiting for an Uber or waiting on a train platform made me want to die. I shouldn't say that. I don't cancel to do nothing. I up front say, I can't do it. Not, Not tonight. Nope. Stay at home. That's true. You're really good about that. Like, you Thank know you. your limits. I I have learned to set boundaries because I am too agreeable. And I I am a raptor testing the fences when it comes to the to that. <laughs> to how much can we get Steven to come out even when he's like, oh, I don't want to. Ah. Ah. Oh, I'm going to get him this time. 
<laughs> How was your week, Stephen? What's new with you? Not too bad. Uh, we're in the thick of rehearsals. Like you said, things are thrown off with, with the case of the COVID, but um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm hoping everything comes together. It's it's that point in rehearsals where you're like, I don't know if the show is going to come together, even though it always does. It always does. It always does. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why the theater community uh, or the way the theater is made, in my opinion, is usually pretty, uh, what's what I'm looking for here? Non-streamlined. Yeah. Uh, sometimes straight up unethical because <laughs> it, people will just, it, it always comes together. So there's no need to fix your processes because who cares? It always comes together. Yeah. Yeah. People need to look inside themselves and say, hmm, am I doing this wrong? All of my actors and things are destroyed. No, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> Indeed. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, I did that. I'm. I started the new. I shouldn't say the new. The old new Super Mario RPG. Oh, the remake's out. Yeah, it's out. It came out Friday. So if you're listening to this two weeks ago, it came out less than a week now. When we're, when we're recording. <laughs> God, time. The the. Time. I just realized, like our. First episode is even out when we're recording this. Yeah. Well, okay. So we're we're getting ahead of things. We have Thanksgiving, which is going to throw off recording. We have Jared's going out of town and rehearsals. So we're just we're trying to squeeze in time whenever we can here. So we're just we're happy to get this out. Yeah, I think we'll stay. I think we'll get everything out. I'm confident. Yeah. I'm not, but we're gonna do our bestest. <laughs> Speaking of doing our bestest emails if you want to email us feel free to do so you can email us at survivor tbt at gmail.com or you can message us on reddit u slash survivor tbt our x is still on so if you want to message us on x survivor tbt on x or i heard i heard another media i listened to i want to say it's a podcast refer to it as the artist formerly known as twitter i like that it's pretty good i like that a lot Okay, we just have a couple of emails, some holdovers from last season. So two from Carl. Carl, ah, we made it in two ways. Yesterday, finished All-Stars mostly, and I spent 20 hours getting home from Mexico with no phone and explosive diarrhea. <laughs> oh. Tough times never last, but tough people do. I like that, Carl. Don't, yeah, don't drink the water in Mexico <laughs> on Jared's Australia Amber takes my favorite part was when he said that if she came back she could do well if she expanded beyond just having a number one and attaching herself to a big personality or something along those lines hilarious yep and to my I, you know she did she did that wasn't the only thing that she did was attach herself to Rob that it wasn't the thing that wanted for her but boy, boy, did it help. Oh, it sure helped. <laughs> a fun subplot you probably noticed more on a rewatch. The Lewis kids protesting challenge rules. Okay. First, Jenna in the boardwalk grapple challenge that Rob dominates yells, no way, when Jeff says she hit the water first on an encounter. Then her brother argues with Jeff about the water. <laughs> <laughs> and now Jenna at Tribal. Oh, yeah, I bet it was subtle. 
<laughs> I wasn't sure where that sentence was going, but I love it. Yeah, that's that's true. I didn't even think about that. That's really fun. I forgot Jenna's brother was the one who had the uh, the meltdown at the family challenge. Imagine playing board games with that family. Oh, God, they'd be insufferable. Roll up with a, a game of Catan and suddenly it's it's World War Three. No, suddenly it's a courtroom. You're sitting there <laughs> to, like mentioning subsections of the rule book. <laughs> Have you ever played the uh, Ace Attorney series? No, but I've heard really good things. Yeah, it well, it hits and misses. But if you like text-based games, that's that's fun. This isn't the first time Kathy has said Marquesa. My guess is she's trying to do the French pronunciation for the islands since they're a French territory at the time or at all. It, at some point we're a French territory. But I looked it up and the French is Isle Marquesa. I'm just going to spell this because I don't know how to pronounce French words. I-L-E-S-M-A-R-Q-U-I-S-E-S. So good luck, Kathy, mm. but uh, no cigar. It just makes her sound stupid. Yeah, well, it does. It does a little bit. Yeah, it yeah, makes her like she doesn't know the name of the season she was on. You ever get so pretentious that you swing back around to stupid? Often. <laughs> I don't mind bitter juries at all, but shut up, Alicia. You intentionally <laughs> didn't have an alliance the whole game, and then you had one two-minute conversation where you shook hands with Rob. You don't deserve to be that butthurt. Correct. <laughs> don't be stupid, stupid is an iconic line, in my opinion. It's a good line. I'm trying to remember. I, like, I can't it's, quite piece together Tom the context. It's Tom after he, he does the uh, handshake thing. Oh, my God. That's right. <laughs> don't be stupid, stupid. God, it's so petty. It is. I'm 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 a little here for it. <laughs> on Rob's game on the whole, I think Jared totally nailed it, saying that it wasn't necessarily what Rob did, but how he did it that cost him. Fighting with and insulting multiple jury members probably would have cost him a couple jury votes, even in Modern Survivor. I mean, yeah, was my take. I'm going to agree with it. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. It's why when people say that Rob got robbed uh, by a bitter jury, which is still pretty common opinion, it kind of drives me nuts. What's weird is everyone pretty much understood that Rob had deserved to lose when All-Stars first aired. In fact, the outcome had become so obvious that most people's only reason to tune into the finale was to see how bad the jury would whip Rob. The opinion that Rob deserved it only emerged years down the line, I think, uh, around the time a later survivor shows up, excuse me while I vomit. I omitted <laughs> the name of the of the survivor. Sure, I mean, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, even with all the negative reaction to Rob, Amber and the All Stars was uh, the reaction to all of it as a whole. The whole romance and proposal was very well received. It served as a distraction from the bickering that All-Stars otherwise would have ended on. It was a huge deal. Amber and Rob got like three magazine covers out of it and multiple reality shows, in one of which Rob tries to learn poker. That's hilarious. I And then apparently becomes a poker player. Um, yeah. Interesting. A professional poker player, from what I remember hearing in your, in your Where Are They Now? Um yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I kind of touched on that towards the finale, if it wasn't the finale, that, like, 
now I understand why they leaned so hard into the romance, even not knowing that they were going to get married. Because when they're editing the show, they didn't know that. They might have been like, hey, are you guys still together? But they they didn't know how, like, they could break up the day before they are, go to the finale. Like, who knows? But all the other stuff is so unpleasant that it's like, oh, God, yeah, please. Let's just, let's just really make this a big deal. <laughs> that is true. I wonder if with the difference in lead time, if if it would have been in the Pearl Island slot rather than the I have to wait almost a full year to watch this, would the editing be different? Yeah, I don't know. Because they're making more assumptions about, well, I hope they're still together, rather than, ah, yeah, they seem to be in the clear. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, they probably, they were keeping a secret from the paparazzi, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's somebody at CBS that was like, hey, do we need to back up on this? Like, <laughs> what's this going to look like at the finale? Film it. Film it all. Film it all, Jared. <laughs> yeah, the mixing in real life with the game, in quotations, is obviously much harder to avoid when the players all know each other already, which is part of why All-Stars feels like such an unsuccessful season to me. I think all the bad vibes and personal hard feelings in the finale kind of encapsulate what was wrong with the concept from the outset. Yeah. Not that anyone saw this coming at all. People had been speculating for years about how cool an all-star season would be. And I was no one... yeah. I was speculating how cool it was going to be. I'm bummed. <laughs> do you think that we're going to get, like, do they figure it out or are all of them like this? No, I, I think the two that I've heard references returning seasons are Game Changers, uh, or three, I guess. Um, Game Changers, which I don't really know anything about. Um, Heroes versus Villains, and I guess kind of a, a half returning season, Fans versus Favorites. But at least two of those, Fans versus Favorites and Heroes versus Villains, are a premise. So that you can create a different narrative structure of the show besides who's the best? And it's more about like, who's like it, it, literally in the title heroes versus villains. And they'll lean into that narrative a lot. They'll have people talk about it a lot during confessions. Um, and I think that that almost gives it some kayfabe that gives it some like reminder to people that this is a game that it is TV and that it's not personal as opposed to, all-stars with them having this tight-knit community, this very new community feels in retrospect, like a more fertile breeding ground to create some real, real bad vibes. So you're saying like slapping the label on, Hey, you're fit in a category. You're not just the best of the best helps with that. I think so. I think it helps soften the blow. I think it also, it's not just slapping a label on it. Like I imagine that's, the way that Jeff talks about things in tribal, the way that the way that challenges are structured, the way that swaps happen or things like that attitudes at the merge. Like I, I, one of the seasons I've mentioned before I have seen is Davis versus Goliath. And the theming on that show is constantly brought up in, uh, in probably slightly guided confessionals. And, it's brought up by Jeff and challenges. It's brought up by Jeff and tribal. And I think it reminds people that there is a, that there's a role that they're playing rather than this is, this is Jerry, the villain. This is that's playing on the villain tribe in heroes versus villains versus 
this is Jerry McEnany, the human who knows all of these same faces when we're not stranded on a Panamanian island. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. So, uh, jumping around here. Oh, yes. Someone touched on it in a previous email, but here's the full Jeff Probst quote from 2005. I hope we never do All-Stars again, because Survivor is a game about strangers living together. Once they have had that experience and have spent time together socially, it's a completely different game. It's stunt casting. Hmm. And goes on to say, and I almost agree, what's iconic is the, the same Jeff Probst as executive producer will go on to spearhead survivors shift toward bringing back returning players more consistently years down the line, a tendency many started to really dislike, but that's years down the line. Yeah. It also probably has to do with ratings at that point. Mm, Like executive producers have to make decisions that hosts don't have to make. That is true. Once, once your money's on the line, then suddenly, Oh, I I kind of want this to be different. Yeah. Even before the season started airing, there was a funky vibe to it. Players gave very short and terse answers about the season in pregame interviews, like they didn't want to talk about it. Uh, according to interviews from insiders, you could just feel that the players hadn't really liked what happened on All-Stars, although no one but them knew what it was yet. So here is... Here is Carl's rankings of the season so far. One, Pearl Islands. Two, Amazon. Three, Marquesas. Four, Borneo. Five, Australia. Six, Africa. Seven, All-Stars. And eight, Thailand. It goes on to say, I'd like to hear why Jared thinks All-Stars is better than Borneo, which I think is a much hotter take than he realizes. I I actually think I'm going to change that. Hearing, I I think I'm going to put Borneo above All-Stars. Jared, where is your backbone? No, it's it's not so much, like, backbone. I think just, like, I stopped you when you were reading the list, and I immediately slotted it after Marquesas, and I kind of just forgot about Borneo. Okay, do you want do you want to adjust the list right now? I have a I do. Up. I do, yeah, okay. because that that was an oversight and not if I like I don't know what I was thinking when I said that then. <laughs> like I think I think I was focusing on like oh, Boston Rob made it far. Marquesas, Boston this is, you know, slightly worse than the other Boston Rob season and then kind of remembered like Africa and Thailand and was like it's definitely better than those. Sure, and sure. And kind of and Australia and Borneo kind of got left in a weird place that I forgot about it. Okay, so here what you have right now is one the Amazon, two Pearl Islands, three Marquesas, four All Stars, five Borneo, six Australian Outback, seven Africa, and eight Thailand. Yeah, I want to I want to shift Borneo above All Stars. Okay, so just a a one for one shift. Yeah, exactly. Easy done, pasting. Borneo. Borneo. Deo. Awesome. I do stand by that I think Amber's our best winner, though. Amba. 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 Amba the best. <laughs> okay. Then I'm, I'll leave that there. Perfect. So that was a very long email from Carl. And again, I love your emails, Carl. Do not, don't shorten it. I'm going to do the second email, but a little faster. Very excited to send my last ass mail ass mail <laughs> nice in the words of boss and rob from all-stars episode one 
All-Star Survivor is going to be so cutthroat, it's not even going to be fun. Prophetic, man. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Just a couple more tidbits. You know how the cast all watches the finale together since the reunion is right after? Rob and Amber actually had their own separate watching room because producers were afraid that they would get into fights with the rest of the cast if they were all together before the reunion started. Tom yeah. legitimately wanted to punch Rob. I could see that. That's wild. It's funny you call Rupert a wrestling character because he said in an interview after the reunion show that it was like a wrestling atmosphere that night. There were way more people in the audience than normal. For this reason, Survivor Unions will be much more small scale going forward. Can't imagine why. Can't imagine why. <laughs> As Jerry worries about them bum rushing the stage. Correct. Yeah. And like I'm rightfully so. My safety. That's that's that seems like a problem. Survivor, fix it. And they do. Great top four list from Jared there. Might throw in Rob C if it was me, but I'd be very similar. So there you go. You get some credit. Hey. I don't know. Maybe Jeff liked him in hindsight, like Jared said. But during Borneo, he fucking despised Greg because he wouldn't take the show seriously and made filming difficult. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, that seems... Why suddenly he's like, ah, oh, I love Greg. That guy. Is, is Jeff just really nice to people that he didn't like when they were filming and he knows will never come back? Like, is he just like, or like, is he too nice to them on camera where he's like, ah, I love you guys. It's like really inside. He's like, I'm dead. I am dead inside. Mm, Hearing what he says about some, some future uh, problem people. I don't think so. Oh, okay. He's not too nice. Fair. Uh, Jeff Varner was writing for TV guide at the time. And before the season, he threw out random predictions like Rob and Amber will become a couple. Jenna M will quit. Sue will quit, basically spoiling the season. The speculation was he was upset for not being cast or something, but I always found the pettiness funny. He was banned from going to future Survivor events for a time as a consequence. Wow. Did he know or was he predicting? It seems I, like that's I'm assuming, too... Yeah, I'm assuming he had to know something. Cause yeah. Calling out two quits on a se- after a season where we already had to quit and they like ran him into the ground, that's wild. Yeah, those people like I like if you just called Jenna, maybe, but Sue's a wild person to throw out there randomly. Yeah. So yeah, after All Stars, a lot of characters' reputation had been damaged. We have a new star in Boston Rob, and the audience in general is ready for a fresh start with all new players. As are we all. Vanuatu will basically be the reboot of the franchise. I think it's relevant that none of these all-stars return until at least Heroes vs. Villains, and they won't be mentioned in coming seasons the way people name-drop past contestants today. The producers will clearly be trying to put this season behind us, and rightfully so. And that's it. That's the, that's the emails. All right. Thank you all. Thank you. Love you all. Bumper. All right, so this episode came out on September 24th of 2004. I pulled a few things in the summer between seasons. So, the first up... of 69. <laughs> in June of 2004, Ken Jennings begins his 74-game winning streak on the syndicated television show Jeopardy. Whoa! Between All-Stars and Vanuatu. This is the 
immaculate run of Ken Jennings, thus propelling him into superstardom in a a weird subsect of reality TV. It's true. Dude's stupid smart. He is. Oh, absolutely. Although I trivia smart. So I feel like some, some trivia smart people are insufferable in real life. That is true. We know a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, 58th Tony Awards, Avenue Q wins. Over whom? Over Wicked. Correct. Uh, Ronald Reagan's funeral is held uh, so that we can now all piss on his grave. Wait, is he still dead? He is still dead. Oh, okay. For a while, you were sending me TikToks of, uh, is Ronald Reagan still dead? I, I follow that TikTok channel, and every time they come <laughs> up, I'm very happy about it. It's funny. Uh, June 24th, capital punishment is declared unconstitutional in New York. They were just killing people in New York up until then. Yeah, that that that's a thing. Uh, Spider-Man 2 is released. Hell yeah. That's equal in consequence as capital punishment being outlawed in New York. I mean, two very dramatic things happening in New York, yes. Uh, Martha Stewart was sentenced to five months in prison. What is going on in this? This is all in the same week? No, no, I'm doing... No, sorry, sorry. This this is the month between... Or this is the summer between oh, All God. Stars okay. and Vanuatu. I was yeah. like, wow, what a jam-packed week. No, 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 no. Millennium Park opened here in Chicago. Oh, yeah. It's very uh, pretty. You should go. Considered the first and most ambitious architectural project in the early 21st century for Chicago. Hmm. Uh, it was four years... It was open four years late. That's why it's called Millennium Park, because it was supposed to open <laughs> in the year 2000. Oops. This one... This one's crazy. The pedestal of the Statue of Liberty reopens after being closed since 2000, since September 11th, 2001. You oh, couldn't wow. go to the Statue of Liberty for almost three full years because could of 9-11. Could you not go to it or could you not go inside of it? It says the pedestal, so I'm not entirely sure. I'm assuming I'm couldn't not- go inside of it, but... Yeah, I'm not sure either. I When I went, they were the like inside of the statue was closed. Like you couldn't go inside of it. So mm. that's, okay. it seems, I, it seems like it was related to like, we don't want a terrorist attack on the statue of Liberty though. So probably I mean, not the entire Island symbol of America. Yeah. That makes sense. That'd be pretty bad. Uh, Michael Phelps wins a bunch of gold medals. The He's screen, the screen painting uh, was stolen from the, yeah. Yep. The one with the mouth open. Uh, from the museum in Oslo. It actually has a weird history of being stolen like three separate times. I have heard this, but if you have like a quick rundown, it's very enjoyable. Yeah. uh, In August of 2004, another version of the scream was stolen along with Munch's The Madonna, this time from the Munch Museum in Oslo. I'm probably saying that wrong. Three men were convicted in connection with that theft in May 2006. Police recovered both works in August of 2006 with minor marks and tears. Or just as August, I'm assuming 2006. Yet another version of the scream remained in private hands and sold on May 2nd, 2012 for 119.9 million. Just make it 120 at that point. What are we doing? <laughs> we round up. We round up. Now for the stuff that actually happened in the week between these episodes to catch us all up on the world up until that point. Uh, the 29th Toronto International Film Festival Hotel Rwanda wins, which is about the Rwandan genocide. Pretty important movie, I think. Welcome to the Hotel of Rwanda. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not a lovely place. Not a lovely place. It, it's, uh, it's, 
It's a tough movie to watch. It, it sure is. Uh, Green Day's American Idiot was released. Hell yeah. Lost aired. And let me just tell you, J.J. Abrams, if somehow you are listening, I will fight you in the street. <laughs> I hate J.J. Abrams. Is this Lost adjacent or just for he's, reasons? He's the director of Lost. Yeah, I'm aware. No, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I hate him for everything he's ever made. He's a hack gotcha. and a fraud. <laughs> I mean, clearly they keep giving him money to do things. Yeah, why do we keep doing that? <laughs> doesn't make any you know what it is it's because he loves making mysteries that have no answer but they're compelling but they're compelling because they have no answer because he didn't think of a fucking answer he just made a question and a question that he tells you has an answer but it doesn't fucking have an answer somewhere friend of the show christian is writhing in agony that you have insulted lost so much i, I don't care about that show specifically <laughs> But I'll fight J.J. Abrams. Anyway, Goodies by Sierra is still the top song. Our top five movies of the week are First Daughter, Resident Evil Apocalypse, Mr. 3000, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow, and the film we'll be talking about today, The Forgotten. Which is not, it's not The Departed, which I thought at first. (laughs) (laughs) It's a different movie. So, in The Forgotten, Julianne Moore stars as Telly Peretta, a grieving mother struggling to cope with the loss of her eight-year-old son. She is stunned when her psychiatrist, Gary Sinis, I don't know, reveals that she has created, created eight years of memories about a son she never had. But when she meets a man, Dominic West, who has had a similar experience, Telly embarks on a search to prove her son's existence and her sanity. What do you think this is rated, Stephen? I can't imagine that it's all that great. Uh, well, it, it got to number one, so maybe it's okay. Um, uh, I'm going to go with, like, audience score of 58 and a critic score of 42. You are too optimistic. An audience Damn score it. of 36 and a critic score of 31. They're very close. Both of them agree this movie's shit. Okay, well, I tried. (laughs) Don't watch The Forgotten. Just forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. (laughs) Neat. Anything else? Nope, that's all. Cool, then let's move on to the episode. Episode 2, Burly Girls, Bowheads, Young Studs, and The Old Bunch. My God, this title. Yeah, what, what are we doing here? What are we doing I, here? I want to make the longest possible title that I can have, and well, the, just like just, just keep going. It didn't even fit on my like on my phone. I couldn't see the title. The people writing the titles getting paid by the letter. What, what are we doing here? Yes, a hundred percent. If <laughs> if I can squeeze as many letters in as possible, I'm going to do it. Fun fact. Okay, so that's why a lot of stories from like the 19th and early 20th century are so long. That's why books like Moby Dick are so fucking long and seem to go on about nothing because the writers were paid by the word. I mean, a lot of, I don't think Moby Dick was the, the, this case, but a lot of them were like published in papers and like, you would just get chunks of it. And then eventually they just condensed it into a book. They're like, ah, yes, we could sell the whole thing. Yeah. So 
Um, whenever you go back and you're like, wow, the middle of this Charles Dickens novel is really fucking boring. Yeah, it's because he was he wandering about trees for 100 pages because he'd make a billion more dollars. Ah, but and the trees, Jared. Honestly, I respect the hustle. <laughs> All about the hustle is, is Jared. So we start this episode. We start at Le Pevy, and it's cold. Hey, <laughs> and... Before we do that, the recap. Hey, Steven. Uh, what was yep. the point of that rock that they won in the first episode? It's good luck, Jared. That's it? That's it. There, the game, there is... The game didn't decide <laughs> to add anything else to that. There's like... I'm like, And I understand. Like, I'm not I'm not blaming like the indigenous peoples, anything like that. I'm talking about the show. The show didn't think to give like any incentive on... Hey, you, you did the really hard pole challenge. Here's nah. even if it's like here's a fucking extra bag of rice. Like nothing. That's just a rock. You won a rock. The hardest <laughs> challenge we're gonna see probably the entire season, and you won a <laughs> rock. You're welcome. It is a rock that will bring us good luck throughout the season, and we don't have to talk about it ever again. Great. <laughs> so yeah, it's cold. This shit sucks. People are finding that it, it is hard to play Survivor. That, uh I know, right? Travis wakes up. He's like, yeah, I slept like a baby. I woke up every three or four minutes and cried. I, I think Travis is going to fall into the segment of, I love watching him on TV, and I would mm. fucking hate to be around him. That, I, I could see where that lies. And do I, okay, do I just skip the Travis at this point and go straight to Bubba? Is he Bubba? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember because I see Travis, but I remember people calling somebody Bubba. And I was like, I think that was him because he has the Bob Barker shirt, which also iconic. Great move. Great move. Great Paramount, move. Very happy about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I just, I don't like the guy's tribe very much. Talk to me about that. Why Why is that coming to you? It just feels like they're all a bunch of meatheads. Like, I'm waiting for somebody that isn't just a gorilla to appear that I can, like, empathize with. Mm-hmm. And so far, that has not happened through two episodes. Like, I... Bubba's the closest I get to somebody I actually fucking care about on that tribe. <laughs> okay. Well. It's we'll like... See if that it, can- it's like Amazon, but there's no Matthew and there's no Rob that I found so far that are like mm. interesting, except for kind of Bubba. I I hope for your sake that the that somebody comes out and like starts to jump out from this pool of nothing because otherwise you got a long season of nothing if if it's just meh guys. Yeah, the girls tribe's a little more interesting. And maybe that just has something to do with like where the camera, like what the camera's focusing on, or they're the way that the two gender tribes have chosen to approach problems. Uh-huh. But I, and don't get me wrong, we'll talk about the girls' tribe later. It's a fucking mess. It's a fucking <laughs> mess. But at least it's fun to at least it's fun to watch. At least we're having fun. So yeah. The guys are out there eating worms. Lee's eating worms. We're we're making fire. We're rubbing bamboo together, and it's they're close. 
They're getting embers. It worked. I couldn't. So I don't think it actually happened this way, but the show makes it look like they get it to work. They get a little bit of smoke. The sky says, no, fuck your fire in particular. And then immediately stops raining. Like it, it, the show <laughs> makes it seem like it rained for 30 full seconds just to put out their fire. It, they kind of show it again from the girl's perspective of the rain swept in and then went out real fast. But yeah, I, I don't know if that's the case. I, I think more they just couldn't get it to, to spark up, but yeah. Or they, still. yeah, they tried again for a while or, or whatever, but it was the show framed that perfectly. It was so funny. And they're just sitting there like, they're like blowing on it, chanting, respect the island. Respect the island. It's like Jeff saw that, uh, or made that trivia question like last season or two seasons ago, whatever it was, like based on, like the show's based on Lord of the Flies or whatever. And then went, well, we're going to make it true this fucking season. I don't care what these people, we're going to force them to make this true somehow. (laughs) We're going to give them a rock. We're going to make them respect the island. Hell yeah. Respect it. Respect the pouch, respect the island. So yeah, they they fail. They can't do it. They're like, if we if we don't get water, we'll be hurting. The girls are gonna kick our tail. Yeah, and then over at the the ladies, it's really funny watching this. They're they're trying to get food, and they're like stacked on top of each other, swinging the machete. This is this some is... shit that I I I see, and I'm like, oh okay. The she almost drops the machete on her friend's head. We about to call in medical. Yeah, this is not OSHA approved. <laughs> Absolutely not. They they also showed a uh, like footage of a bat flying, and it made me realize that they probably have to get a series of rabies shots before they come out on this island. They I don't know about rabies, but they definitely have to get a lot of shots before going out. I I would imagine so because you can get bit by a bat and not know you got bit by a bat, and if there are that many around, like ooh. Especially if you're sleeping outside, like you're just that's you could get yeah. bit while you're sleeping. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, the ladies are are trying their best. <laughs> People are having breakdowns also that it's hard. Mia's like, hey, it's about a thousand times harder than I thought this was gonna be. Uh Eliza's like, Yeah, the beach and the water are uncomfortable. I'm always damp. Being here is like being in a prison. So she didn't say that. She was quoting other people saying that, but still. That's you are a a pre-law student. That's a hard one. Yeah, that's you're a pre-law student. I don't know what kind of area of law you're going into. Not every lawyer puts people in prison or tries to stop you from being put in prison. You're not this is you should know better. You should know (laughs) that that's not the analogy. Well, like you said, she didn't say it. I heard somebody else say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, okay. She also <laughs> looks a lot like Rachel Bloom. Oh, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, I was trying to figure it out. I was like, what, is, what does she look like? Oh, who is this person? Yeah, Dolly's crying. Like, I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm just, I'm hungry. I'm tired. Well, good news, Dolly. You're going to sleep real well by the end of this episode. Yeah, so then they crack open. I don't know what it was. It was... It was something. It was either like plantains or a coconut or something. I think it was both. I think they're like boiling plantains and coconut together. Yeah. And they said something like, it's, it's, it's bad. It's just like the plantains are just like burnt mush. And I was like, you are cooking it wrong then. You like, I don't know the plantains that are there, but don't put them in water then like sear them. You don't need to like put them into mush. Yeah, 
I think the one problem there is they don't have an oil. Sure. I mean, well, they kind of do. They have coconut. They have co- you can yeah. rub a coconut around that around that pan. That's fair. They. It's not as bad as the Amazon women's tribe like building incompetence, but it does seem. I'm just like there are really simple solutions to the problems you are having. <laughs> yeah. Uh, while they're they're opening up this food, they, they find maggots in there. And Twilight's like, yeah, give me that. Yum, yum, protein. Yum, yum, the, yum, protein. My favorite quote of the episodes. It can't be maggots. It's boiled. Do, uh, you, sure do, about you, that? do you think the maggots would just mystify? Like, do you think that they would just, they're still, they might be dead maggots, but it's oh, the no. maggots are still going to be in there. They were moving around like they were oh, having well. a grand old time. Being a boil well enough, then. The, correct. I think that that's the problem is they didn't cook it well enough. Yikes! And all of this, maybe I actually love Twyla. I thought I hated oh, Twyla. Really? Maybe I love Twyla. I don't know. Okay. Maybe she's circle around being so deadpan and so like curmudgeonly that I actually love her. Is this your next Kathy? Where you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't like this, and then suddenly. Oh, never mind. She's great. It would... I think it'd be closer to being my next Butch. Okay. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll just keep that in mind for later. Because I also and... don't think Twyla's going to become good at the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, okay. I can I see where you're coming from there, where you're like, hmm. But it seems like she's the only one who's like, I shouldn't say only one, but she's definitely thinking strategy early on because she was one that was spearheading the first, uh, the vote here. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We'll see. We'll see. So we, we flip back to the guy's tribe and we're, we're discussing tribal and John P's like, yeah, tribal was an eye opener. The old guys are, are outnumbering us five to three. Those aren't good odds. And then the, he, he, talks to Travis and it's a weird conversation because we're just like having it out in the open and Travis is like, yeah, you're a threat. I want you gone. You're, okay, the, you're strong. You're handsome. The theme of this episode is shut the fuck up. Shut up. Stop telling people <laughs> that you want them gone. Why are you doing no. that? It's it, it, all like, and we'll, we'll get into it more on the women's side. This is the only one we see from the men's is like, yeah, Bubba going up to uh, Brady and being like, yeah, I want you gone. <laughs> Stupid thing to do. <laughs> and Brady is not taking it lying down. Brady also does not, like, shut up. He's like, well, a threat to who? A threat to who? threat to you? Who else a threat to you? And did you really clock his eyes, Stephen? Travis's or Brady's? Brady's. Yes, it was really funny. Brady was thinking of the ways that he could murder this man and where he could hide the body and then having to remember that there was cameras watching him. Oh, look at me. Dude, oh, those are the something. those are the craziest eyes I have ever done seen. <laughs> we gonna get him. Brady has had it already. I'm excited for the guys to go back to tribal because of that. Yeah. Okay. So that happens. We then go to the reward challenge which is an interesting challenge, something we haven't seen like this before. 
yeah, it's, it's the, more... you, you mean you mean the no homo challenge? It's, I was gonna say a dexterity challenge, but all right. <laughs> it's two thousand. This takes place two thousand four. I'm imagining that each one of those guys was whispering "no homo" as they had to rub past each other. Excuse me. That's what fragile me. masculinity would do. Excuse me. Excuse me. No homo. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they are on a balance beam over the water. Hilarious that we're already back to a balance beam, and all they have to do is get people from one end to another. But you can only touch one person at a time, and if you go in the water or you touch two people, you have to start over. How weighted toward the women is this challenge? First of all, very. Just like (laughs) in size. Like the women are on average smaller than the men. It will be easier for them to navigate. Um, Also, I think culturally they're more comfortable with their bodies and each other's bodies than probably the men are. There are several times where the men don't look like they want to be touching each other. Um, also one of them only has one leg. That, that does make dexterity a little more difficult, doesn't it? And it, it we see it, although he's also not the one who struggled with the balance beam in the last Correct. episode. So uh, this is a weird challenge in that, like, I think it's actually a cool challenge. I don't know how you rework it, but the problem is, it gets easier. Like you want yes. your challenges to get harder, but by it, it not only does it not have a comeback mechanic, it has like a, like it snowballs out of control super easily. Yeah. This is some exponential shit where you, you finish one, one person is done and they're out of the way. So suddenly you have less people to go past. And then if, if you're falling behind, you have to suddenly pick up not only the pace, but you have to cross more people in a short yeah. amount of time. I, I think the way to fix it is actually do it in reverse um, where you have to make like a human chain, like get the first one out there and then somebody crosses them and then somebody crosses those two and et cetera, et cetera. I think that's a valid way to do it. Yeah. I like it. Anyway, I really had fun watching this challenge just because it, I did too. It's very- it's very silly. It's funny to watch the some of the romantic whispering when like they were up against each other's face. Right? Okay, good. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna move past here. Okay, here we go. It was and, that was yeah. that was silly to me. It was very silly, and they started playing like romantic, like Italian, like dinner music under it at points. That was so funny. <laughs> I don't think I caught that, but man, that's that's silly. That's Survivor editors going above and beyond. Yeah, I feel like the music people are kept on a short leash, but they got to have some fun there. Yeah. So the women get ahead early and then they dominate. The guys keep falling in and there's only like one moment where uh, one lady touches two ladies at the same time. So suddenly you have to go back, but it didn't seem to hinder them. It just prolonged the inevitable. Yep. And the ladies win, and Mia does a little dance. Good for her. Yeah. Fuck Rory. It, enjoyed it, which cuts right to the guys, and Lee and Rory are going at it over this dance. Like, we, we have a moment of just outburst of, that, that was really immature of them. They shouldn't have gloated like that. Like, this, it was too much. And then Lee is like, Fair what? They, they beat us. They, they kicked our butts. Oh, well. And Rory's like, no, they're they're grown women. They need to be better winners. How dare they celebrate their win? How 
dare they? They should be stoic at all times and have no emotions and suppress it down until it becomes colon cancer. (laughs) Like men! Yeah. The, The key takeaway from this scene is that Lee comes out and he's talking to everyone after Rory leaves and he's like, you know, one person is really rubbing me the wrong way. Doesn't outright say it, but he's I wonder who it could have been. Yeah, I feel like Rory's going home next tribal. Mm, the okay. next time on is also like Rory arguing with people again. And the one thing you cannot do above everything else is start a bunch of fights at camp. People are just I agree. Especially this early in the game, people are not gonna tolerate it. People need any excuse to get rid of you in the early game. Don't yeah. give it to them. Yeah. Uh, at Yasser, the a chicken wanders into camp for fun. Girl. And that <laughs> girls to every single one of them, you're not going to catch that chicken. They you're almost just, did. I guess. Why? Well, how close is that machete to actually hitting that chicken? I don't know. The only thing I'll give him credit for is that, like, we are pursuit predators. So, like, yeah, I guess if you follow it long enough, it'll get tired. But, like, <laughs> the, the times where they're, like, running after with machete and, like, throwing a rock, I'm like... What are we doing? Hilarious. I thought the throw of the rock was great because then the chicken like flies away. Like, of course, now the chicken knows you're a threat and is not going to get close to you. Yeah. Yeah. So they they chase it into a series of bushes. And then Twyla's like, all right, I caught it. Let's, I'm going to stab it. Uh, everyone, like, say, say good things. And then we have this big moment, like, building up to the stab. And then she misses. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's an easy thing to hit. Because, like, it's the chicken's, like, in a burrow of sticks. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have enough speed and force to hit that thing and do any significant damage through that nest. Even directional accuracy. Like, it, it's in the way of you swinging if it decides to move. So I don't, I don't know what you're trying to do here. But it did seem like there was only one entrance and exit to the nest. Like, why didn't you block that off? Like, that's your in. That that's it. Like you clearly could have done something, but here we are. Anyway, you know what? runs away. I love these fun and like honestly, I'm making fun of them. Of like you're never gonna catch them, but like, I you're probably so fucking bored. Like I go on a chicken chase. Why not? Seems like a good old time, a good old romp. Yeah, do something, lighten the mood. And instead of the chicken, they're like, oh, we missed it. Oh, hey, eggs. Task failed successfully. Yeah, we get like four or five eggs. They're they're small eggs, but they're eggs nonetheless. It's and then protein. they boil it. It's true. And then they boil them, and then the pot falls off of the sticks. Jesus Christ. A comedy of errors. What? <laughs> Just, what are we doing? Our best. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then here's where we get... Almost the same conversation that we had, but on the ladies' side. There's an old young division here. And it's weird that that's the case not only here, but also in Amazon. Are we, are we as humans, are we just looking for something that separates us? Yes. Just I mean, always. Yeah. You take away one thing that is gender, and then suddenly we're like, ah, age, that's the thing. Possibly. Um, I mean, on the grand esoteric scale, maybe there's more hope than that. Maybe we would look for things that unite us over divide us. However, this is a game that is a numbers game. 
And so, yes, mm-hmm. you were going to look for people like you that you can more easily work with and more importantly, trust. Sure. And if that line is not gender and clearly ain't going to be race because there's only one person of color on this entire fucking season. Yeah. It's probably going to be generational. Also, like, personally, so, like, the older people in these early seasons are boomers. They're they're younger boomers, mostly. I fucking hate boomers. Like, not... Are, are they boomers? Yeah, I mean, if they're in their 50s or 60s in the year 2000, they'd be born in the 40s or 50s in... And that's, yeah, that's baby boomer generation. Is it? I, I feel like that's a little early. Like, that's greatest Mm-mm. generation. No, no, no. Greatest generation would be, like, fought in the 40s. So they'd have to be in there, like, like you know, between, like, 15 and 30 in the 1940s. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know my generations. Either way, and even if it's, like, late, late Gen X, like, that, that generation is so fucking brainwashed by, like corporate work ethic work yourself to death you don't matter is only like you are but a vessel to work eight hours a day type of (laughs) bullshit that i every time the generational divide has popped up even though the show wants me to side with the older people i usually end up siding with the younger people to a certain extent okay what about africa amazon yeah, in this moment, though, we have the split of what is being listed as Mia, Julie, uh, Dolly, Eliza, Lisa, and Scout, Twyla, and Leanne as the older group. The problem is this lasts for three minutes. This lasts for <laughs> three whole minutes before a challenge, and then it You're doesn't right. matter anymore. So, I, yeah, I don't really have, like, I kind of have, the, like, similar feelings of that, of, like, Twyla, I might be coming around on, I like Scout, but, like, I don't really like the way that they approach, like, having to live and camp life and this stupid mentality of working yourself to the bone when actually rest is just as important in this type of situation. Mm, okay. Yeah. So, Dolly kind of takes control of the situation and is like, you know, I kind of sympathize with the the older ladies. Like, I don't really want them to go but I don't really want the younger ladies to go. And she's, she's talking to who was it? Twyla, I think. Yeah. She's like, Hey, Twyla, it's probably going to be you. But like, stop telling people. Why are you telling them? It could not be. We could maybe go for Eliza. (laughs) Jared, what benefit do people have in telling them? None. None! And, and look, if you're going to tell somebody, if you're going to go to somebody and go, hey, it's you, your next sentence better be, but I want an alliance with you, and so let's make it not you. Like, you Here's can't how go... We fix that. Exactly. If you're going to tell them, you better be trying to recruit them. What are you doing just telling them and then going, yeah, that's going to suck, huh? Yeah. Wow. It's a bummer. How a bummer, dude. You're going home. <laughs> Yeah, so they they kind of talk, and then everything kind of spirals out from there of, well, I guess we just, we could do this, we could do that, we could do everything, and then we go to, we go to immunity challenge first, and then things really hit the fan. Yeah, they do. 
Yeah, so immunity happens. It's our blindfold puzzle challenge, which I thought the choice to put Scout in this position was a bad one in general. I don't agree um, because I... Well, unless you're going to sit her out because I think that she's much more useful on the platform than she is on the ground. She's a lot more soft-spoken than a lot of these other ladies, though. that, That did... That did cause a problem. However, she does when they can hear her. She is giving pretty clear directions. Yeah, I don't think I don't think she does a bad job, except for missing the piece in the water. What I do think is she's going up against maybe the best caller that this game has ever seen, and it makes <gasps> her look worse by comparison. Mean? Oh, you mean the fucking drill sergeant, the man who makes a living yelling at people? It like. I, I want to jump off my couch and start looking for, for pieces for that man. Like, <laughs> he he gets it. He does. He he knows exactly what he's doing. He does a great job. And he doesn't lose a piece in the water like uh, the ladies do. And that's the big kicker in this challenge. It is, although looking at the... And the guy struggled on the first puzzle a little bit longer. It's not as close as the camera tries to make us think it is. Like when you look at when the guys complete it, the ladies are just putting like their first like two pieces in the second puzzle. Like it is not that close. But kind of like the other challenge, it's the puzzles are set up to exponentially get shorter and shorter. Yeah. Because you have less pieces to work with and you don't have to worry about, oh, is this go here? No. Okay. Put it to the next, uh, next board. Yeah. But I do like this challenge. I, I, yeah, I don't think Scout was a bad choice. I don't know that they... I don't know who would have been a better choice. Maybe Eliza. She's loud. Maybe. But maybe Eliza. Maybe Twyla. Someone who can cut through. Not Julie. Not Julie, oh, we're, no. talking about, we're talking about later. Julie has the charisma of a fucking plank. But... <laughs> but no, yeah. Sar- Sarge, like... Sarge is going out fucking clock-based directions. Like, there is yeah. nothing more helpful than, like, being, like, a piece three o'clock. Cool. Yeah, great. Two two things I want to highlight from this. One, so many hits. This challenge oh, exists yeah. for the yakety sacks being put in the background. Yeah, this is the America's Funniest Home Videos challenge. Correct. Number two, Rory celebrating with the blindfold while the, the challenge is still going on and getting Lee to like scream at him to shut up. Was he celebrating? I thought he was trying to get them. He was, they were like the, the people down there, including Rory were being like, come here, come here, come here. And yeah, he was, he was making noise, trying to be, trying to attract them to the noise, but it was hindering Lee's ability to give directions. Yeah. And Lee was right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And he he yelled at them twice. And again, he yelled at them and I was like, oh my God, that's a drill sergeant right there. Dude's intense. I would not want to be on his bad side. So yeah, guys win this, sending the ladies to their first tribal council. Like you said, now everything kind of breaks loose. The ladies have to figure out, ah, we can't all be friends anymore. We have to, we have to send someone home. And I don't know. What do you, what do you take from this section? This, the, who are we sending home section? Yes. Oh boy. Post challenge pre-tribal section. Oh boy. These ladies need to tighten it up. They need to figure out what their (laughs) strategy is. Uh, because this was a fucking mess. Um I don't think anyone's 
happier that Dolly happier that Dolly went home than Dolly uh, <laughs> by the post game speech. Yeah, she was definitely like, "Hey, I'm I'm cool with it. I wouldn't have done too well." How Scout dodged any aggro while missing a piece in the ocean, and Eliza having asked her if there's another piece in the ocean is mm-hmm. wild to me. Especially, I, I go back to this interview a lot because it's the it's the first hand account we have. Johnny Fairplay saying that like immunity wins meant a lot back then. You just lost, and that's two episodes in a row where the people who are directly responsible for losing the challenge, I guess Chris is a little more of a target, but like aren't really that much of a target, which is crazy. Is that is that saying something about is this a new era that those things don't necessarily matter as much? Jury's still out. I it could be. Um, I also think that Scout is like the de facto leader of her tribe, which probably is the reason, but I don't know for sure. Julie has a confessional where she's talking about different options. And like I said, yeah, she has the charisma of a plank. Uh, she <laughs> does not sound like she wants to be there. It actually, you know what? It doesn't even sound like she has the capacity for emotion in mm. that confessional. It sounds like she is on enough Zoloff to kill a horse. So now's a great time to announce that, per just Jared in general, that Julie's going to be our next guest on the show. No, I'm kidding. I wish. That would be great. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. I'm going I'm to look her up, see if I can get her. <laughs> um, what's that say? Oh, yeah. For Dolly, you're fucking stupid. You're, I mean, this is, <laughs> this is the Christine problem that happened in Amazon. So many parallels to Amazon this season already. Mm-hmm. Except Christine came in with uh, with something that was hold, that could hold her back socially, and that she was really nervous about. She got farther than she wa- than she thought she did, and suddenly the game outpaced her, and she went home because she didn't know that she, she didn't know what to do with being the swing boat. Dolly spent her whole time at camp going around to everybody, going, "Hi guys, I'm the swing boat. I have yeah. all the power. What do you think I should do?" And, and telling people not only who's going home or who, who, who they've been asked to send home, but who would be after that. Therefore, <laughs> combining those enemies against her uh-huh. and securing her defeat, that is a historic fumble. Hey, we can set a pecking order challenge without having a challenge. It's great. Dolly's a one-woman pecking order challenge. Yeah. What are you doing, <laughs> Dolly? What? You are trying to make an individual decision by committee in a zero-sum game. It, it's an elite level fumbling of a power position. It, if it was scripted, it would be too stupid to be believable. All she had to do was pick a side and say, this is the side I want to go with. And she would have probably ran for a long time here. But instead, she splits the middle, she pisses off both sides, and both sides vote her out. I also love, like, they're trying to figure out, they're trying to get Dolly to vote out somebody. I don't remember who it was. I think it was Julie. But maybe it was Scout. No, it was Scout. Being like, well, what about Leanne? And... Dolly's just like, who's that? Like, that's not what she says, but it's pretty much what she's like. I don't notice Leanne at all. I don't know, man. I don't know. She could go. go. Maybe she's not even here. 
stop telling everyone everything. <laughs> why, why are we do? What are we doing? Yeah, and the real kicker in this is that Eliza's watching this and being like, "I don't trust Dolly at all." Eli- Eliza, actually, that's a sneaky good play to go to to sit next to the person who's also on the chopping block and be like, "Hey, we, why don't we just fuck that person over?" Yeah, we're being told it's us, but we don't have to sit there and take it. Yeah. I, I love it. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic for Eliza. Okay. All right. So yeah, that, that all happens. We get to tribal. Tribal's interesting. I don't know. There's we we talk about that scout's like yeah I, I screwed up but i can't wallow in the pity the pity pot party and twyla's like yeah we, we all work leanne scout and amy did lots of work but everybody worked a little bit and the head shaking from behind of like the younger people being like don't give me that shit <laughs> i know i know what you're thinking and it's wild because she's actually being very supportive there and the younger people are like trying to undercut that yeah, who's the uh, who's the person that was going to be going home uh, if it wasn't the other person got all the votes? Well, it it kind of got passed around a lot. So the we had Eliza, we had Leanne. Leanne's the one who in tribal council is like, yeah, I'm quiet in the mornings. I who's the person I, that just says it's I'm probably going home tonight. It's Leanne. That's Leanne. Okay. <laughs> What a crazy thing to say at your first tribal. I mean, she's she's not wrong. She has her back against the wall here. I, I know, but like these, you all don't know each other that well yet. Like you're only a few days in, and you're already going. Yeah, it's probably me. Unless she had, I the the caveat I'll give is unless she had counted votes and was pretty sure it was Dolly, mm. and then that's a good way to be like, yeah, I guess it's me. Oh well. Uh. Yeah, it, it definitely. Puts in perspective, Survivor, how much we see and how much we don't see, because there is conversations. And like I said, this is more out in the open than a lot of other it's games. It's so out in the open. But even still, without a way to move votes on an individual basis, it's people know what's going to happen to some extent. I have a theory. Okay. With everything being so out in the open, it's a theory slash a hope. I hope this is the season that they actually do introduce the hidden immunity idols. Mm. Okay. That would that'd be a good time to put in this twist because holy shit, everyone's cards are just laid out flat on the table on at least all the women's tribe, literally everyone's cards are just laying face <laughs> up on the table because Dolly walked around going, Hey, she's got these cards. Hey, she's got these cards. And on the guys' drive, there's a couple people with their cars just laying out. So sure, could be interesting. Could be interesting. So yeah, Dolly is in the middle. She feels in the middle, and then suddenly she's not in the middle. We vote. Suddenly she's Dolly. Dolly's gone. How do you how do you feel about Dolly in the future? What the fuck, man. Um. Yeah, I mean, this it you can't do much worse than being the first person voted off of your tribe. But 
then again, you can't be in a much better position than being the swing vote. So statistically, it's impossible for her to do worse, but the the stage cannot be set almost any better for her. So I just don't see a world in which she ever does well. And if she does do well, not by her own volition. And she basically says that in the post-game interview of like, <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I got voted out. I was not made for this game. I'm a simple girl and I love the farm and I love Jesus. And oh my God, why? why? You know what? I was going to say, why did they cast her? But it made for a good episode. And it did. It really did. I got through this episode and I was kind of like, uh, but I think that might be a little bit of the All-Stars hangover because us talking about it made me a little higher on this season than I think I was just watching it. Okay. All right. Neat. Your protagonist of the episode. I mean, it's Dolly. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of has to be. Dolly's the protagonist of the episode and she goes home because she sends herself home. She protagged too much. Yeah, she she girl boss too close to the sun. <laughs> I love it. And you had mentioned in our first episode that she remind or she, like you had such a crush on her when you were younger. No, no, that was Eliza. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Yeah. Sorry, why? Nothing. No, never mind. Bummer, dude. So yeah, she does not come back. This is her her one and only shot. However, that's not entirely true. Because she dated the Survivor medical director at the time and even traveled to Guatemala and Panama before they broke up. That's cool. Yeah. So huh. she was done done with Survivor, but not done with Survivor. Yes, not done not done with behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, she has since become a chicken farmer, which has evolved into oh. keeping various kinds of birds and a beekeeper. She upgraded from sheep to chicken. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. That's all I got for Dolly. I'm sure people will fill in a lot of cracks there. Eh? Bumper? <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Trading Back Time podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Always exciting to get into a new season. And just exciting to drag Jared kicking and screaming through information that he does not know. I definitely got the screaming part down. I screamed a lot this episode. <laughs> These people drive me crazy. No, <laughs> I could do this all day. That is true. I do. I I know that for a fact. <laughs> yes, you've watched football with me. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna pilot my new uh, my new segment here, uh, Guy Scouts. So Stephen, what do you want to be your Guy Scout badge of the day? Something that you're proud of. In the last week, something you accomplished, something small, and then something you want to promote. I forgot you were doing this. I should yeah. have prepared. Let's, uh, hmm. A, a you, guy don't, you want me to go first? Oh, yeah. Please go first if you have okay. something. It, it's actually kind of a little bit the thing I talk about at the top of the episode. Like, I joked about, like, getting old. But um, knowing my limits and saying no to plans. Like, it's mm. not something I've always done. And uh, that's my that's my guy, guy Scout badge nice. for the week. For the episode, okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna guy scout to sticking up for yourself and pushing back when people are like, "Hey, do this thing," and you're like, "No, I don't feel comfortable." Well, pushing what, back. How, how did you do that in your life to earn the guy scout badge? And you can keep I mean, it vague if you need to. Sure. 
uh there was a guy who was like hey we should record at your place and i was like hey i was supposed <laughs> to covid and i don't i don't know i i, I don't feel comfortable with that he's like no nah, i feel fine i'm like no but if we're traveling and like i need to be limit my exposure so i pushed back a little bit how was that okay. was that big enough fuck off <laughs> 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 well, for the one and only time we do this segment, if it's going to be drag Jared through the mud. No, I'm kidding. Um, I thought I, that, yes. Okay. In my defense, I thought you were saying like, oh no, I was exposed to COVID. I don't want you to come over because I'm worried about you. I was just being like, hey, I'm not worried about me. I didn't realize you were like, hey, and I don't want to be around people until I travel. Anyway. Um, no, I was, I was, I'm joking for the most part, but I needed yeah. an example. Fair. Uh, Okay, and I'm going to promote Cyberpunk uh, Cyberpunk 2077. It is so good. It's Hell so yeah. good. It's um, is it's not the best like combat I've ever played. It's not the most like the actual like gameplay. If you just like sucked it out of the game, and put it somewhere else, probably wouldn't be the best thing in the world. But the RPG elements, the the world is so just feels so alive and like kind of reactive and you and it does a really good job of establishing like you feel like a small fish in a big pond mm, okay and the quests are cool I'm, i never know where they're gonna go nice i i'm interested to see where you land once you're all done with cyberpunk like sure. how 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 do you end feelings compare to your i'm just getting into this giant world feelings sure i put about 15 hours into it by now so oh, okay so you've you put in a good chunk of time yeah all right maybe someday i'll go back what are you promoting steven i'm gonna promote and stop me if you've heard this one the scott pilgrim anime yes so i'm not i haven't finished it yet we're like four episodes in i love the original the original movie scott pilgrim versus the world and i guess the the graphic novels before that but i i saw a post about this earlier today that someone was like so clearly brian lee o'malley went to therapy and <laughs> and and learned about the things that he was doing that were not so right and this is kind of like the scott pilgrim apology tour oh i'm so glad to hear that that's awesome it how 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 far are you? I've only seen the first episode. Okay, so they, I, I I won't spoil where it goes here, but we we very clearly have stopped doing like good and evil. Like that's not a thing. These okay. are we fleshed out characters. Nobody is like a hundred percent the worst douchebag in the world. Sure. Um, we we stop being to, to for a point reductive and we're we're it, it's a completely new story like anything if you had expectations going in it's you can throw those out the window you can kind of tell that by the end of episode one correct yeah that's <laughs> i won't spoil that but that's the that's the tone setter right there yeah i i you're to never the, to the you're to the point where i think scott is not the main character of this anime Rona is, despite being the titular character, Scott is not the main character. Yeah, but is so I'm assuming Ramona is. I will say nothing. Okay, I you were never supposed to like Scott. Like no. that's something that gets lost, and I think the movie did a disservice because Michael Sarah is just so fucking likable. <laughs> but uh, if you read the 
graphic novels, like you're not supposed to think Scott Pilgrim's a good guy. Yeah, but I think uh, with today's culture, I don't know that that flies. I yes, and we watched the movie again recently, and there's some stuff in there that just doesn't age well. Even as like yeah. uh, this is a shitty character, like there's stuff in there that is the the camera is telling you is like not bad behavior, and you're like, Ooh. Ooh. oh no. Okay, we're way over. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. Bye-bye, babies.